0: All stand, shall we? And if we can, just open up your Bibles to Psalm 29. And I want to start there tonight, just reading some of these scriptures together. Psalm 29. And uh, what we want to share tonight is just a continuation, I think, of what. Uh, God spoke to us Sunday morning. Those of you who were here Sunday morning, uh, the word Pastor Joe shared with us was uh, about the rhema word. Does anybody remember what those two rhema words were that he heard? Huh? How many heard those words on Sunday? Two words. What were they? Accomplish and prosper. Amen. And I want to talk a little bit about the importance of receiving the Rhema word of God. And explaining a little bit what Rhema actually means. But let's read here in Psalm 29. And I just want you to hear that, that and read with me here if you can. Doesn't matter what translation you have, just read it out loud. Psalm 29, starting with verse 1. Let's read on down here. It says, Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord glory do unto his name, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Now it begins to talk about the voice of the Lord. Let's read this here, verse 3. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness of the... The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh, verse 9. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve and discovereth the forests. And in his temple, I like this part, in his temple doth everyone speak. Or some translations say, in his temple, everyone cries, Glory! Can you all say it with me? Glory! Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, tonight for just taking your word and speaking it to us tonight, Lord. We thank you for the voice of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the ears that you give us to hear, Lord. We thank you for what you're going to accomplish in our lives, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. And uh, here in Psalm 29, what well, we just finished reading is about the voice of, of the Lord. Now, the word that we heard about on Sunday, it's a word that's been around, and people have used it quite often, and, and you may have heard it, you may not have, but the word is rhema, R-H-E-M-A. It's actually a Greek word, and the word rhema refers to the spoken word of God. Now, there's another word in the Greek which is also uh, used... And in our Bibles, it's translated also as word, and that's the word logos. Logos speaks more about the written word of God. And it's understanding the contrast between logos and rhema can really help us understand the value of this book and what God wants to do in our lives and how he's going to do it. Bible says God began a good work in our life, and is he going to finish it? That's right. You know, the most awesome, Bible says he's a faithful creator. And in the very book of Genesis where it talks about creation, we see the difference between logos and rhema. Now, the logos would be the, the written word of God, and we can say that in the mind of God was the idea for the creation, but it didn't occur. Remember, God is eternal, and all that He had in His mind is from all eternity. And so God had the Logos in His mind, but when He spoke that Logos out, it became the Rhema. And you've all experienced it when God has just taken His Word and blown up on it, and all of a sudden something births in your heart. You know, someone, I heard the testimony of one man who got saved. He had been a nominal Christian. When we say nominal, that means going to church, but not even being born again. Just going to church, going through all the routines and and so on. He had been a Christian. He had read the Bible several, or he had been a nominal Christian. He had read the Bible several times and thought he knew it. But after he got saved, he went to this pastor. He said, Pastor, who rewrote the Bible? (laughs) Who rewrote the Bible when I wasn't looking? And that's the way it seems. How many have had that experience since you've been born again? And and tonight, if you haven't been born again, we want to tell you that the Word of God, hearing the message tonight, what Jesus did for us on the cross, He came and gave His life for you. Tonight, you can receive that life. But the moment you were born again, the moment a person is born again, our spirit comes alive. And all of a sudden, God can breathe these words into us. It's an awesome, awesome thing. But it doesn't stop with just being born again. The step of water baptism, and that's something I love to teach on water baptism, one of my favorite topics. And uh, there's so much there, and it's so much neglected by the churches today. The idea, a lot of people just think that water water baptism is some kind of symbolic thing that doesn't really mean a whole lot, but it's kind of fun to do. That's not what water baptism is. There's power in water baptism. There's power to change something inside of us. And I know after I got saved, the Bible, I had a tremendous hunger to read the Word, just to want to hear because. You know, I had prayed our Father who art in heaven before I got saved. Had no idea who my Father in heaven was. <laughs> but after I got saved, I knew He was my God, he, my Father. I knew that was real. I knew I was a child of God. And I began to get into the Bible, and I understood some things that was coming alive to me. But when things really began to, to take life on was after I was baptized in water and received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. In the baptism of the Holy... In water baptism, what, God, what you're doing is you're giving your body, the body that served the devil, that served sin, you're burying the body of sin. That you can rise up and claim legal rights to what God has for you in the new man, to walk in newness of life. And the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of us in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And the same Holy Spirit is the one... He is the one who inspired the men to write these words down. Can you say amen? You see, uh, the word inspire actually means to be breathed upon. And he didn't just give them a nice idea and they wrote it the way they wanted to. He literally breathed this word where we can say, this is the word of God. Can you say amen? This is the word of God. And so receiving the water baptism, where God opens our ears in a new way. To hear what God is saying, Baptism in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps to interpret. Jesus said, when the Comforter comes, He shall take of mine and show it unto you. That's one of the main purposes the Holy Spirit has come. He comes to bless us with ministry. He comes to anoint us, to serve, to be witnesses and so on. But one of the more personal reasons the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of us is to take of Jesus... And reveal Him unto us so we can fall in love with Jesus more and more and more. Can you say amen? So the Holy Spirit, and we we need these experiences in our life. All right. Now, Genesis helps us understand about this rhema word of God and how powerful it is, like we read in Psalm 29, the voice of the Lord. The difference we can say between logos and rhema is logos is like the written word. Rhema is the spoken word. Word, the voice of the Lord. Now, you see, you can, you can read, uh, uh, you can read uh, what someone is saying, but it's nice to hear. You know, you can write letters to people. How many know when you write letters, sometimes it, you may not really be able to express yourself the way you'd like to? It's not, words are a limitation. But see, that's something else that's powerful about the the rhema word of God. When we hear it spoken, the Holy Spirit gives the interpretation down inside of us, and we understand it. It makes sense to us. We understand it, and it becomes real to us. That's the power of it. Genesis chapter 1, what the Lord did is he spoke, and it's awesome. When he spoke his word, he said, let there be light. Light. That's all he had to do. Well, let there be, let there be the stars. On day four, he created the, sea, the seasons were all put into place. He didn't give all the details of it. He simply spoke, and it all came into perfect order, like we heard on Sunday, Hebrews eleven three. By the word of the Lord, God framed the heavens and the earth. God brought it all into order. So that the Rama word of God is so so awesomely important in our lives. What I want to do tonight. Uh, is I want to share five, if I can, we'll try to go through these. At least get the hit the the, the highlights of it. I want to share five ways to, that we can kind of prepare ourselves. And I'm not going to really share these in, in order of importance. I'm just going to give these five in an in, 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 in order that as the Lord gave them to me, but not necessarily as which one's more important because they're all important. But how we can begin to prepare ourselves to be more receptive to the rhema word of god now right now let's see it's about 8 30 anybody know what's on tv right now any, any any shows on tv right now that we're missing <laughs> hope you're not missing but is there I like, there a show that's on right now i don't know huh? whatever it is think about that show right now believe it or not that show is traveling through this auditorium did you know that Every radio station that you could that hear in your car on your it's traveling through. There are radio waves going through this place. Is that right? Now can you hear what's on that? Can can you if you listen real carefully, can you hear that what's on that TV station? You can't do it, can you? How about that radio station? Can you hear what they're broadcasting right now? No, you can't do it. Why? Because we're not we don't have the receptors to receive you know, unless maybe you have a few antennas in your back pocket, you know, but we don't have the ability to receive that word because we're not, have no way to tune into it. You need to get a a, a tuner, a radio tuner, a TV tuner to capture those stations and some of the, the, remember how we used to use that, used to use the antenna, you'd have to get that antenna just the right place. You know, sometimes you'd have to hold up with one hand here and touch over here with a foot and, and then you can see your channel on TV, you know. And, and, but learning to get the position to receive that channel is important. But Thank you. I'll put, I'll start, I need that right now. Thank you. And being in a place to receive the rhema word of God. Um, Pastor Joe shared on Sunday that God is always speaking. It's just that we're not always tuned in. And it's always been odd to me in different churches that I've been at. You know, you talk to some people after the meeting. Well, what did God speak to you? What was the message tonight? And they say, well, you know, um, I mean, I, I know I, w- I was listening, but it was, well, I know it was something from the Bible that he shared, you know. <laughs> I know somewhere he was in there. Or, or some people maybe get an entirely different idea of what the message was all about. They hear something else. They're tuned into a different channel. And it's so important for us. And one of the points we're going to touch on, we sh- I shared a little bit of it on Sunday night for those of you that were here, is that receiving the rhema word of God, to one of the most important things I feel is that we need to belong to a church. We need to be under that church government. We need to hear, like it says in Revelation, we'll see this perhaps a little bit more later on, we need to be able to... S- hear what the Spirit is speaking to the churches. That's plural. The church where we belong to of that plural amount of churches. Being able to hear what God is speaking. One of the ways, and we'll get back to that, but just being able to tune in. So what we want to share on is, is uh, five different things that, that we can kind of do in our lives to be able to receive this rhema word of God. and a lot of you are familiar with these things already, but it just, maybe just take it as a refresher course tonight and an encouragement because God is speaking here at Golf Metals Church. Can you say amen? amen. God is speaking. God is really speaking. And, and, and getting a hold of that word, it's an awesome thing. When we get our marching orders from the captain, you can march out against ten thousands. The odds are totally against you, but you can march out in confidence because, first of all, you know who the captain is. And you know it's his order. And behind every order God gives, there's every single angel in heaven to back us up, right? Every single grace and power of God. <laughs> rhema words can change our life. The rhema word... Um, One thing that uh, Pastor Joe was sharing with us a few few of us uh, uh, a couple nights ago was the fact that in a situation that you're in, regardless of what that situation is, when you hear a rhema word from God, it may not change your situation, but it changes something inside of you. It changes something inside you where you feel a rock-solid confidence To know that God is going to do it. God is going to do it. One example of this is when Jesus told his disciples to get into the boat and go to the other side. So what was the commandment? What did they need to do? They needed to get in the boat and go to the other side. Problem was, Jesus didn't get inside with them, which is all right. He sent them. They just were being obedient. They went out. They were in the middle of the water. It says in Mark that the boat was now full. Which direction does a boat go when it's full of water? It goes down, doesn't it? Yeah, it was full of water. And all of a sudden it says that Jesus came walking on the water. See, that's that rhema word coming. That's that rhema. Jesus is the living word of God. Came walking right on. And what's interesting, listen to this. If you read in Mark, Mark is one of the shortest gospels, but it's awesome because it it actually, for everything that Mark says, he gives more details than the other gospels. He says more with less words. That's a trick that anybody that shares the word needs to learn, isn't it? (laughs) He says more with less words. But he Mark tells us that Jesus was walking on the water and he would have passed them by. That's what Mark tells us. He was just walking right by on the water and he was going to pass right by the boat. He wasn't even walking toward the boat. He was going to pass right by them. Well, the disciples saw it and they thought it was a ghost, first of all. They began screaming, Jesus, oh, save us. And he stops and he And then he speaks to them, and you know, and and Matthew tells us how he actually called, he actually called, Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, then call me out on the water also. Well, what did Jesus say? No, Peter, stay in the boat. We don't want any problems here. What did Jesus say? Come. If it's really a rhema word of God, if it's really a rhema word of God, receive it. He says, come. Come. That rhema word calls us. So what do we got to do? We got to step out of the boat. And I believe really what Jesus wanted them to do was all just to step out of that boat and just start walking with Jesus on the water, walking to the other side. That's what Jesus was going to do. He told them to go to the other side, right? He didn't tell them how they had to get there. But that was the rhema word. So we know there's there's power. Power can change What's inside of us? It can change even our circumstances when we believe it, when we trust the Lord. There's things that happen. in the men of God of old, they're, 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 even names were changed when they heard God speak to them. Abraham, Abram to Abraham, Jacob to Israel. Jesus spoke right away to. Peter, uh, Simon, he says, "You're not Simon anymore, you're Peter." Changes something inside of us. We may not see the evidence in our circumstances, but it will come to pass. Can you say that with me? It will come to pass. Because that's what the rhema word of God does. The two words we heard about that on Sunday, it was a rhema word about a rhema word. It says, the the word shall accomplish and it shall prosper. I like to even add the word flourish to that. That's what's going to happen. All right. All right. There was just a testimony of a man that came to my mind real quickly just as an example of how not only can it change our life when we get a word from God, it can change society around us. And how many believe God can use you to change this city, to change things on your job? God can use you. Well, there was a man by the name of George Washington Carver. And uh, he uh, was living during the end of the slave days. And uh, he actually was a slave himself. But he, his masters trained him and gave him a bit of an education. He got a hunger and thirst. And he became an inventor. He became an inventor. A very uh, genius man. One of his, he, he claimed that one of his first textbooks was uh, just the Webster's Dictionary. He just read that and read it and read it until he understood it. But he got saved when he was 10 years old. He got saved. He accepted Christ as his Savior when he was 10 years old. Well, God used him, and one of his burdens was for, his, for the, the, the farmers in the South and the economy in the South. It just was having a lot of difficulty. They were having a lot of problem growing crops, and, and he had an idea. One idea came to him was the idea of rotating crops. That was something they hadn't done. So they began rotating crops, and that began to change the economy a little bit. And he began to ask God, he says, God, what, you know, he, one day he was praying, and, and he loved to commune with God, and, and he actually called God Mr. Creator. That's just the way he would speak. Mr. Creator, he would speak to God like that. And one day he was down praying, and he said, Oh, God, I want you to show me a revelation. Show me the, 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 the secrets of the universe, oh, God. And he heard a little voice say, that's, that's too big for you, little man. So he humbled himself and humbled himself a little bit, and he says, Okay, 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 God. Mr. Creator, oh, God, uh, then, then show me, reveal to me the mysteries of, uh, of, of planet Earth. God heard a little whisper in his ear, That's too big for you, little man. So he humbled himself a little bit more before the Lord, and he says, okay. And he began to think of, tried to think of one of the smallest things to learn the secret about. And what came to his mind was a goober. Anybody here know what a goober is? It's a peanut. And uh, he said, okay, God, universe is too big, earth. I don't know what's, everything seems too big. I'm humble myself before. So God, the peanut, show me the secrets of the peanut, And you know what? God spoke to him. God gave him ideas about the peanut. That they were able to take that one crop. He got about 300 different items produced just from the peanut. Different things that he could use the peanut for. from From dyes and soaps and all kinds of things. From the peanut. So that there was such a demand for peanuts in the South that the whole industry... Just changed. The whole economy received a tremendous boost just from that one little revelation that God gave that man about the peanut. Well, he didn't stop there. He went on to the sweet potato also. <laughs> he got another hundred inventions out of that, or things out of the uh, sweet potato also. But how the rainbow, just getting a word from God can change things on your job if, if you just take it, believe it, and receive it. Okay, well, let's get to these points if we can uh, Five different things I want to list here as far as how we can be more receptive to receiving a rhema word of God. Well, number one, how many brought this with you tonight? If you didn't bring your Bible to a Bible study, what do we do do with people like? Give them a demerit. That's what we did in our Christian school in San Francisco. We gave them demerits. If you didn't bring your Bible to our Bible study, you get a detention. (laughs) What's the first way to start getting receptive to hearing the voice of God? Hey, right here. Get into the Bible. Read it. Oh, I've read it already three or four times. No, no, no. Every time you read it, the Holy Spirit rewrites it for you. Every time you read it, there's something fresh in it. And, you know, it's interesting that, you know, it's almost like, how many of you, I won't ask you to raise your hands, but, (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, I love to do Bible reading plans. I think I've developed about 5,000 different Bible reading plans. Some of them have totally failed. Some of them have been really successful, and I still use them today. But I just love to find new ways to read the Bible. You know, when you like a certain food, you like to prepare it all kinds of ways, right? You just, you'll have it all kinds of ways. And uh, so I just uh, I love to do little Bible reading schedules. And it's interesting. It's almost like God knows what my reading is for the next day. And He already has something prepared to speak to me from that portion of Scripture. God is able to do that. Even if it's something that you're just manually writing down, something you're kind of forcing yourself to do, do it in faith also. Step out and read it in faith. How many know you have to read the Bible in faith? Now, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God. But also, it's the, rhema, uh, the, 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 the word of God that, that produces faith in us. But at the same time, we need to mix that word, the logos word, with faith. When we mix the rhema word with faith, we'll see that in just a minute, it becomes rhema in us. So we need to take time in the word of God. One of the things that I I think people just kind of shun in churches today is that's the idea of memorizing Scripture. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands how many people memorize Scripture. But I love to memorize Scripture. When I was over in India for a few months, one of the things I did was to memorize Psalms 119. You know what that psalm is? It has 176 verses in it. And the reason why I wanted to memorize it because it's always the psalm I skipped every time I read psalms. But, you know, I found it... And I, I cannot, I could never recite. Even after memorizing and spending several months, I, I was there in India for about six months, I spent that time just going piece by piece and memorizing it. And, and I was able pretty much to recite it by the end of those six months, but I couldn't recite it to you now. And some people say, well, what's the purpose of memorizing? Every time I memorize something, I forget it the next day anyway. You're missing the whole point of what memorization is all about. Memorization isn't seeing how much we can fit inside the brain. Memorization taking that time to try to get our brain disciplined to remember something what it accomplishes is it gets you what the bible refers to as meditating upon the word and there is a great need to meditate unfortunately the idea we have of meditation is mm, mm, or even as Christians we get more holy about it what you doing brother i'm meditating what you're meditating on? I don't know, but I'm meditating. Just you know. That's not medit the word meditation literally means to mumble. It's kind of a strange word in the Hebrew, but it literally means to mumble. When it says in in, 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 in Psalms 1 to meditate on the word, and also God told Joshua, get in the word, saying it med- meditate in the word day and night. What it's referred, the word actually means to mumble. To, in other words, something's involved in your mouth. You're, you're actually speaking it out, you're repeating it. And meditation is not just thinking. It's not like we think in our language. In the Bible way of thinking, meditation involves your mouth. Also, and just taking time to repeat and memorize words. I have, there's several ways in our, in our, in our school we had in San Francisco. We, we, we had the kids, it was obligatory, obligatory, they had to memorize portions of Scripture. We would memorize a whole psalm, Psalm 91, Psalm 23, Psalms uh, 1, and, and uh, Isaiah 53. We just memorized chapters like that. And, and it was amazing. Kids that said, I could never memorize, they were memorized. And you know what else happened? As they memorized God's word, the Lord helped them to memorize things in their schoolwork too. And that's what happens. There's a prosperity and a success and, and something begins to happen when you meditate like the Bible says we should. So just taking that time to meditate in the Word and, and it'll produce something in your life. So meditation, getting into the Bible, a Bible reading program, anything. Just start from Genesis. Go to Revelations or whatever way the Lord has for you. You know, even going online, you can find a lot of different ways to read the Bible online, a lot of different avenues to to do that. But we need to get into the actual Word of God. Can you say amen? amen? Amen. A second thing, very important. And this kind of goes along with the idea of meditating, which means speaking. And that's we need to confess the word. We need to confess the word. And I like to look at 2 Corinthians 4.13, powerful scripture. 2 Corinthians, and this is what faith is. You know, uh, faith isn't some kind of a mental gymnastics where you just think it into existence, mind over matter kind of thing. That's not what it is. Faith involves confession. Isn't that how you got saved? Right? The you, you, Bible says that the word is near you even in your mouth. It doesn't say in your heart. In Romans chapter um, 10, verse 8, it says the word is near you in your mouth, the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth, you, there's not one person here that's saved that did it by meditating quietly before the Lord. You got saved because you confessed with your mouth something that the word of God says. Can you say Amen. And that's the way it is for every other promise. That was for the promise of being saved. But for every other promise in God's word, we need to confess it. The word confess in the Hebrew, another interesting word. And if we can have 2 Corinthians 4.13 up there, if it's possible. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.13. When we confess the word, the word confess in the Hebrew is the word homolog can't pronounce it very well, but it's homo logos is what it really is. It's two words together, homo meaning the same as, logos meaning the word, the word. And what it means is speaking the same thing as the logos. The logos is the written word. Confession literally meant speaking out the written word of God, confessing it. It may just be a Logos right now. The, the written page is just the Logos. It doesn't have the power to accomplish. But as you put it in your mouth like God did in Genesis 1, and you begin to confess it, whew, power, power begins to happen. It says, We have in the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I, say it with me, I believed and therefore have I spoken. Not meditated quietly, but have spoken. We also believe and therefore sp- Speak. There We also believe and therefore speak. Okay, so confession is so important. And speaking that word out, speaking it over our situations. This is what we heard on Sunday. We need to speak those words out. The rhema word we've heard for the church is uh, accomplish, prosper, speak it out. Confess the word. A third thing I want to point out is the need to mix the Logos word with faith. Mixing it with faith. Choosing to believe. I like what one man said to Jesus, and this is just being honest. He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And the Bible says he said it with tears. I like that, Mark. Mark points out that he said it with tears. Why don't you say that with me? Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And then give me a couple tears. You got it? (laughs) <laughs> now, not, that's, not that, that's the harder part, right? But, you know, but asking God and just being honest with Him. Lord, we speak out a word and we say, Lord, I believe it. Increase my faith now in it. But speaking that word out, hearing yourself say that word, even that makes a difference. We are such, this is such a negative society. Can you say amen to that? I don't know if you have friends that love to complain about things, but if they're your friends, you better find somebody else. Amen? Because that's not going to help And Some people just have to have to, some complaint about everything, every single thing. But that's something that God has to take out of us as Christians because we need to confess the word. We need to mix it with faith and believe, knowing that God is faithful because it's His word. It's His word. Mixing it with faith. And I just want to look at one other verse in Jude. How can you increase your faith? This is an awesome thing. Jude, little book just before Revelation. If we can put it up, verse uh, Jude verse. uh, uh, Well, in verse sixteen, it talks about murmurers and complainers, but we don't want to read that. Uh, Let's go on down to verse. uh, It actually says in verse nineteen, those kind of people they separate themselves. They're sensual. All they think about is their belly and themselves, and they don't have the spirit. Okay, what's the opposite of that? Where verse twenty? Let's read verse twenty together. Okay, Jude one, verse twenty. Can you read it with me? while they put it up here. Ready, everybody together. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you what that really means? Huh? Yeah, there we go. Thank you. That's I don't need to say. It. That's what it. Speaking in tongues. Can you all say speaking in tongues? You're not afraid to say it. <gasps> Don't talk about that thing. No, no. Speaking in tongues. Oh, there's, you know, I was blessed when I first got saved. I, I got baptized. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's actually some, some, some people that, uh, well, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit right after I got, right out of, after I came out of the water of uh, baptism. And uh, no one told me I wasn't allowed, I, I shouldn't speak in tongues everywhere I went. You know, some people tell you that, you know, oh, only when you feel something real spooky, then you can speak in tongues, you know. They get all spiritual. Ooh, not now. Wait for the moving of... No, it's not like that. You see? Paul says, I will sing in the Spirit. I will sing. Pray in the Spirit. I will, and as I open my mouth, this is the way speaking in tongues. When I open, when I choose to speak in that language, uh, it's not me thinking up words. The Holy Spirit, like it says in Acts two, 4, the Holy Spirit gives me the utterance. Hasn't failed yet. Haven't had any such a time where I've opened up my mouth and said, "I will speak in tongues," and nothing came out. Um, it, it's been there. He's given utterance, but this is something special here. When it says praying in the Holy Ghost. That's what they mean, speaking in tongues. And you can read very clear in 1 Corinthians 14. It doesn't mean some spiritual kind of a prayer. It means praying in tongues. Okay? And it says that when we pray in the Holy Ghost, we build up our most holy faith. And I, no one told me I couldn't pray in tongues all the time. Thank God for that. I, 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 I was still in school at the time. I was 17 when I got saved in, in my last year of high school. And, boy, I, I went to school... All the way to school, walking to school, I was just speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, singing. One time my mom drove by as I was walking to, walking to school and she happened to be driving down the street. She, she wasn't uh, saved quite at that time. And uh, she said, what were you doing talking to yourself on the street like that? <laughs> One time I had a job after school where I was sweeping floors and, and what I, and, and, and boy, I just, I got so excited. I would just be sweeping the floors and singing in tongues. Oh, I just had a good time cleaning. It was amazing. I didn't make much money because I got it done so quickly, you know. Uh, the Holy Spirit quickening you. But, you know, speaking, one time I was, I was doing out on my job and, 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 and I had left the front door of the place open. It was supposed to be locked and a customer came in and they came walking to the back and, and they said, well, do you speak English here? <laughs> well, what language were you singing in there? I said, and, and I, I didn't even know what to say. I didn't even know how to explain it. I was so new in the faith. I just, I just said, well, I was practicing an Italian song for choir. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say at that point. But, but you know, just, and I, what I found is that God, God works. When you just take that, take some time in the car, in the shower, um, speaking in that language, you're building up your faith. And there's another way you can... What, that uh, verse disappeared on me up there. Can we bring it back? Jude 20, verse 21, right? Yeah, uh, verse 20, I'm sorry. As you can read this another way also. Build up yourselves on faith when you pray in tongues. You can read it two ways. One is, when you pray in tongues, you build up your faith. And In the actual Greek language, it can be read both directions. Uh, When you pray in the Holy Spirit, you will be building up your faith. But you can read it the other way. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, make sure you take a little bit of time and think think in yourself what you're actually doing. Build up a little bit of your own faith before you speak in that language. What do I mean by that? Realize that every word the Holy Spirit has put in your mouth is a rhema word. Can you say amen? Every word of tongues that the whole... Because is the Holy Spirit just speaking on his own? Jesus said he's not going to talk about himself. But what he hears, that he's going to speak. Every word. The Bible says they spake in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Every word you're speaking in tongues is a rhema. Creative, powerful rhema of God. Can you say amen to that? There's power When you speak in that language, so both ways, and just think about that for a minute so you can turn those logos words, the things that you've been confessing, building up faith, and you can speak that out. Uh, A fourth thought, real quick, I just want to touch on it, and that's the importance of obedience. You know, if you get a rhema word to stretch forth your withered arm so that you might be healed, you don't want to stand there and say, well, you know, I've never really done this before. If Jesus says, stretch forth your arm, and that's the rhema word of God, what are you going to do? If you're lying paralyzed in bed and you hear the Lord say, pick up your bed and walk. For us, that would be a little difficult to pick up our beds nowadays. But pick up your bed and walk. What are you going to do? Well, Lord, you know, you know, can you give me some instructions on how to do that? No. What are you supposed to do? Obey. Like we heard on Sunday about Samuel. He was instructed even by a priest that was just really far from God. A priest that was just tired of hearing Samuel come to him. But that priest said, listen, next time you hear that voice, make sure you say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Listening. Okay. Another word real quick. There's a lot to talk just about being obedient. Um, I like the expression that Luke used, I'm sorry, that uh, Peter used when Jesus told him to... Go out, launch out in the deep and cast his net. What was the expression Peter said? Because well, he said, first of all, Lord, we've been fishing all night. But he used one important word. And that was the word nevertheless. Can you say that with me? Never-the-less. That's a powerful word if you think about it. Let's say it again. Nevertheless. And then he continued by saying nevertheless at thy word. Your circumstances, start saying nevertheless to them. Nevertheless at thy word. Let's say that again together. Nevertheless. At thy word. So obedience. The last thing I want to mention, and there's and again, each one of these points could you know, could be a topic in itself to study, and I trust that God would just inspire your heart to get into the word and, and, and want to read a bit more and, and find more scriptures to support these points and make it a part. But this last point is to me crucial, and we're going to end with this. And that's that to be tuned in to hearing a rhema of God, you have to realize it's a church thing. Can you say that with me? It's a church thing. Let's say it again. It's a church thing. What does that mean? What do I mean by that? It means that you need to be part of a church. You need to be involved in a church. You need to know where your home is so you can begin hearing the rhema of God. Now, very clear. I won't take time to look at it, but Revelation chapter 2 and Revelation chapter 3, verses that are very powerful to me. Seven churches... Jesus has a message for each one of them. And I don't get into all that dispensational stuff. I think there's simply messages for seven churches that existed in that day. And that word is eternal, so it applies to us also. But seven different churches. And after the Lord reveals who He is to that church, reveals uh, His reward for them, reveals, of course, their faults and what they need to change, then He makes this comment at the end of each one of those messages. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit is speaking to the churches now the person in ephesus that may have been over in laodicea visiting a loved one over there seeing his mom or papa over there or some friend over on laodicea but he belonged to the ephesian church he would have heard a really good message over in laodicea but was that message directly for him he needs to find out what god spoke at the ephesian church how many understand that So you can tune into a lot of radio stations and television programs, and you can get a lot of good messages everywhere. And they're good. But they will really probably only be a a, a lot of them would be Logos words because God has a word for you here in this place. Maybe over in Laodicea, they have the best preachers in town. And that's good for what church? Laodicean. But here we belong to the Ephesus church. How many are with me? Did I lose you on this point? This is important. What happens if you're not around when when the message comes forth? You need to find out, what did the Lord speak? If you weren't here on Sunday, this is my church. What did Pastor Joe share? i got to find out. Is there a tape? Can someone give me the notes? Can I go online and see what it is? I want to know what the Word of God is for the church because... It goes on to say in Revelation 2 and 3 that when you hear what the Spirit is speaking to the churches, that's plural, that means the family church, not the corporal church, but the family church. When you hear what the Lord is speaking here, you don't want to miss messages. Look at that. I turn the air off. That means it's time to stop speaking, right? Now you can even hear me better. I think we got it backwards here. Lights and everything go. That's it. Turn me off. At least I got the microphone. A few more minutes. Praise the Lord, lights back on again, they heard. But but I just want to say one thing very important. It's very important for us to be a part of what God is doing here. This is a church thing. And again, God's speaking everywhere. They I think this is Morris Code or or something they're doing. SOS or something. Um, this is a God thing, it's a church thing. To hear what He's speaking, to tune into what the Lord is doing here. Okay? That's important. If you miss meetings, if you're missing out, you know I, you'd be surprised coming on, coming for morning prayers, coming and seeking the Lord in the morning, and going over, remember what God has been speaking. Something powerful in that. Can you say Amen? Amen. Let's all stand. S O S, save our ship here.
1: praise God. How many think that was the word of the Lord? Amen. You know, we, you might know a lot of the Bible. You might have even heard that Bible study before. Maybe God revealed it directly to you. Some people claim every message they've heard, oh God revealed that to me this morning. (laughs) Have you ever met people like that? But what's important isn't that. What's important is if we receive that word into our hearts. So tonight, let's tell the Lord, Lord, I want to obey. That was one of the most important points. Father, in Jesus' name, we receive this word, and we thank you. I pray, oh God, make us obedient. Sometimes we're just so proud, know-it-all and all that stuff, but we humble ourselves like George Washington Carver who can only handle a goober, Lord. We, we can't even handle our own lives. So we need you. We come to you. And we say yes to your word. Open our eyes, that our eyes would be eyes of faith. Lord, and I pray for the lights in the church. Help us fix that short circuit. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to see you
0: with faith.
1: Because you're a miracle working God Tonight we take this word and we mix it with faith, O Lord And we decide to take steps of obedience, O God We thank you, Lord, for the rhema word of God We thank you for that now word, that today word, that breathed word O God, dig open our ears That we would hear the voice of the Lord That causes, Father God, the earth to tremble and shake ourselves and we thank you in jesus precious name amen